Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Austin Healy, and you're listening to the latest episode of the Rugby Tonight podcast. For our second show of the season, we welcome two of the Aviva Premiership's most exciting additions, Wasps' Curtly Beal and the Worcester Centre, Ben Teo. Here's the best of the insight and the analysis from Ben Kay, Craig Doyle, Sarah Elgin and our studio guests. Curtly, I'm delighted to see you here. Really good to see you. I've got some good news for you as well. As we came on air, the Australian dollar is worth 1.74 to the English pound. You're currently worth 2.6 million Australian dollars. Well done. Congratulations. Um, Joking aside, how are you settling in? How are you finding it all? Yeah, it's been really good. Obviously, the the Wasp family have uh, welcomed me with open arms and making it really easy to settle in. So it's uh, only exciting times ahead. Let's talk about Australia, if you don't mind. Uh, 60 caps, wonderful career. Still open to you, of course, as you have those 60 caps. You can go back. But uh, over the years, your, your, your great memories wearing the, the gold of Australia. Um, I think just recently, obviously, the World Cup. Definitely, uh, there's some fun memories there. Um, obviously, making it to the World Cup final was uh, obviously a, you know, a great experience, but obviously a disappointment not to be able to uh, come away with um, uh, you know, the win, but um, certainly something that I'll, I'll remember uh, for the rest of my career, so um, obviously um, getting your first jersey for for, the, for Australia is obviously um, you know a, a great honour, and it certainly um, sticks out in my mind that, uh, that, that that you know those those first couple of games were you know very important to me. How's the banter been at Wasp? Because we had Hask on the show on <laughs> Sunday, and uh, he's obviously quite loud. Yeah, being a new kid on the block, you kind of just got to relax <laughs> and just be quiet and not try and give back too much. But obviously, yeah, Hask loves to give the banter out and um, you know he's a, he's a great character for the team and obviously loves to uh, you know keep the positive vibe going around the gym time especially when all the rehab boys are in there training by themselves so it's definitely helping me. Which leads me actually to why Wasps and why now? I think uh, at this time uh, at this stage of my career it's obviously um, I felt like the time was right and obviously I've been speaking to Dyer Young um, over the over the over the over the months leading up to the to the to the signing um, I just felt it was the right time for me to be able to come over and experience a different competition, uh, play alongside some of the best in the game up here in the Northern Hemisphere and, and, and obviously play against some of them. Um, you know, it's, it's just going to be a wonderful opportunity and um, you know, I'm very much looking forward to um, getting out there and mixing it with some of the best. Interesting, actually, looking at the squad list for this year's Aviva Premiership, it kind of has become almost a, just a really good example of the world game. The top players from all around the world kind of have gathered. Was that a draw for you? When you look at that, yeah, obviously um, it was definitely a major draw card. Uh, like I said, uh, you know, being um, 
doing a lot of the things that I've done in my career up to date, uh, I felt like it was the right time, the right move to actually go out and, um, and uh, keep learning more about the game and what a wonderful opportunity to be able to come up to the WAFs and uh, you know, be surrounded by you know, a great bunch of lads, uh, a great coaching staff and um, keep growing and keep um, learning and keep um, putting um, you know, things in the back pocket so when you get out on the field you'll be able to you know, express that type of stuff. So. Did Di tell you that Coventry was pretty close to the sea, to the surf? <laughs> <laughs> get yourself no, up there, no. mate, bring your board. No, mate, I, I'm, you know, I'm just really enjoying the... Um, just really enjoying playing a bit of golf around there, mate. There's some nice golf course, courses yeah. around there. So, um, just just one question, if you don't mind, on Michael Checker and how he's changed that Australian team and what he's brought to it. There's kind of a slightly chaotic and things were getting a loose, bit loose here, there, and everywhere. And that one point fingers. He seems to have brought a, a discipline to it that wasn't there before. Did you notice a big sea change when he arrived? Yeah, obviously Czech's a you know, um, a great guy. Obviously a great coach and. He certainly knows how to get the respect off his players, and I think that's important for a coach and a player to get that mutual respect. And I guess when you have that, you can be able to build and, and, and grow. And um, obviously, throughout the um, throughout his time so far, he's uh, definitely, uh, I guess, built. Uh, you know, um, uh, earned the respect from the players, and um, you know, he's just a straight-up honest bloke, and, and tells you how it is. And you know, um, when you have that honesty, um, you know. Uh, as a player, you, you certainly react to it and, 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 you, and you want to be better and, and that's, that's the best thing about Czech, he brings the best out of you. What were you signed as? Or were you signed as a utility player or did they give you a shot? Yeah, utility. I'm happy to play anywhere in the back line really except for 13 and 9. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think, um, you know, I really enjoy playing, playing 12, playing 15. So, I guess at the end of the day, wherever die, um sees me fit uh, on a certain week, then I'm happy to... Haskell came out with a brilliant slate at the weekend. He said, currently was signed as a marquee, which pretty much makes me a gazebo. <laughs> 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 which I thought was hilarious. We've had a load of that, questions That's as the well, important though. thing. Sorry, just very quickly. That's the important thing. If you've got a marquee player and you can play across across the different positions. When the England players go, and you don't know who's going to go to the England squad, to have someone of international yeah. quality who's played in all those positions for the Wallabies is a, is a big thing. So it's best to be like a, a utility player that can play Oh, here we, yeah, well, here we go. Unless you've got a massive head. And it's then interesting. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's massive like head and a small body. Yeah, <laughs> often in England, it's seen a bit, as a bit of a curse <laughs> to be a utility player, you know? Whereas in Australia, you seem to celebrate a player who can do lots of different things. Over here, it's like, well, what is he? Well, what is he? You know, you hear that quite a lot. Do you think there's a difference in attitude to it? Uh, not really. I, I think, I mean, uh, as a player, I think it's just, um, I think it's just great to, to be able to play all sorts of positions. Uh, I think it, it, it allows you to understand um, different uh, requirements uh, of um, being out on the footy field. And I guess when you play a certain position, um, whether that be 15 or 12 in my, my case, uh, I understand what the winger needs, I understand what the 10 needs, um, and vice versa with uh, 12 and 15. So. Um, having that knowledge, um, I guess, helps me uh, be able to um, go out in the footy field and, um, you know, just play my natural game. Hey, Ben, how are you? Good to have you here. Really good to have you here. Um, last time I saw you was a, a wet day at the, the Leinster training ground in UCD. Uh, we loved having you at Leinster. We like having you in the Premiership. But uh, how big a move has it been for you? Um, yeah, it's been you know, tough coming over here, leaving a lot of the guys that I, I made some good friends over there at Leinster. Um, but I definitely want to come over here and test myself in the Premiership. So I'm just getting settled now, moved into a new place, uh, unpacking boxes. So it's been pretty hectic the last few weeks. That's on the back of going on tour as well. 
And I, I mean, the Leinster thing was, uh, it was such a treat when you came over. We were so excited when you arrived. How did you find it over there? Because, you know, multiple champions and the support around Dublin is massive. The support around the whole of the province is massive for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's a club with massive expectations. Um, you know, I was pretty privileged to play on a side with so many class players and internationals. Um, it was a learning experience for me coming over from another code. Uh, it took me a while to find my feet, but I found, you know, my second season very enjoyable. So why did you decide to switch codes? Was there a reason behind it or did you just want to try your hands at it? Or what was it? Yeah, sort of coming towards my last year of rugby league, I started to feel like I was becoming a little bit stale and, you know, you always think, you know, what would I have been as a rugby union player? I grew up playing the game from a young age and, you know, that, that question came, you know, should I go and test myself? At times I thought I might have left it too late, but, um, you know, 27 I gave it a shot and, and I put in the hard yards and I'm, I'm happy now that I can probably, you know, look at myself and say I'm a rugby union player, so. There's a lot, a lot was said obviously with Sam Burgess coming over here and then leaving again. So why do you guys think that, that maybe Ben has stayed uh, but, but Sam hasn't? I think Sam was obviously sort of rushed into the England setup a little bit. Some people found that hard to take. Sam also had the problem that Bath thought he was in the back, should be played in the back row and, and perhaps Stuart Langster and, and, and England thought he should be playing in the centres and there was that, there was a constant debate. I think, you know, Ben was probably slightly more fortunate that Although he didn't come in under the radar, there was there was just a little bit less hype, particularly in this country, around him, and, and he was allowed to find his feet in Union. Sam, it was a very public. Every single thing he did on the pitch was analysed. Is he ready to be in the England squad? And he, for him to have sort of made that leap into Union in time for the World Cup, he, I think he needed to come a season earlier. And we were talking about this earlier on. You had an injury, didn't you? Just just before you just came, or just after, Lens, wasn't it? Yeah, you my arrived. first my first uh, Pro 12. Yeah, game. and did that kind of? I know it didn't help, but did that kind of help maybe ease your way in a little bit as well? Give you a bit more time to settle? Do you think? Yeah, I think so. You know, I came over after 20 minutes. I snapped my arm, so I spent 10 weeks on the sideline, uh, kind of watching training, and that gave me an opportunity to you know, study the game, uh, study training and, and just see the structures that we're playing with. And then, um, you know, gave me the hunger to really get back in there. It's interesting because, you know, for Sam, when he arrived, his first outing, we did it. We're, we, we were guilty of it as well. Like, he's here, he's here, he's here, perform. Yeah. Actually giving yourself time, you kind of able to sneak back in, returning from an injury. People give you just a little bit of leeway, don't they? Yeah, I got a little bit of leeway and I, I got a lot of help. You know, I was at a really supportive club with a lot of guys. I learned so much off them. Um, not to mention having Matt O'Connor there at the same time. He is someone that had played rugby union and rugby league at the high level. Put me in thir at 13 at first just to sort of find my feet. And then, you know, when it was time, gave, gave me a few goes at 12. So I definitely felt like um, I was nursed along. Kirkley, you could end up playing against Ben, of course. If he starts playing for England and you're <laughs> back to Australia. What are his qualities that, that's made it a success from league to union, do you think? What, what do you see? I think he's just... Um, He's quite a big guy with great ball skills, so I think any centre playing these days, I think it's always good to have that kind of good versatility with, you know, with exceptional ball skills. He's a great ball carrier and you can mix it up and mix and match with, you know, defence. And can just quick word before we move on, Stuart Lancaster at Leinster in his defence coach, Kurt McQuilkin, sadly having to go home mm. due to terrible family issues there with an ill sister. And, um, What's, he, what's, what's Lancaster going to do there? How, how's he going to fit in? Um, I think he'll fit in all right. I think, you know, obviously, like I said, they need, need a defence coach. I think that's going to be pri primarily what his role will be. 
Um, you know, he might bring a few new things to them. Uh, I'm not too sure. He's only been there for a week now, so it'll be interesting to see how they play against Glasgow, if they try and try and D any different way. Um, but you know, time will tell. Yeah, there's a few tweets that are far too away from far away from my old eyes yeah, to be able I'm to see them. But. Uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting setup there because there's such a young co coaching team with Leo Cullen. And there's been a real positive reaction to him, right? Yeah, big well. time. Yeah. People are excited because they want Leo to do well and they want yeah. Gervin Dempsey to do well. But they realise sometimes you need an older, more experienced hand just to guide them a little bit, you yes, know? Yes, Let's talk England then, shall we? Okay. Because um, you were saying that Burgess was drafted into England quite quickly. Well, you were, I guess, as well, going on, on the summer tour. Were you expect expecting that to, to happen as quick as it did? Uh, it was a bit of a surprise it come towards the end of the season. It was a bit of a last minute thing, but you know the opportunity for me to, to tour with these internationals, uh, see from the inside how things work, see the intensity that they're training at. Um, you know, I had to go. I think it was very good for my development. Um, but yeah, a little bit surprised, but I definitely felt like I, I had a, a solid season and, and warranted um, going. Let's move on to talk about Worcester then. Um, and you've obviously settled down. And, and was it a little bit unnerving what, we, what we'd been leaving really before you, you arrived, I guess? Because obviously he was a, a big influence, one would think, in you coming over here. Yeah, you know, sorry, was that Dean you were talking about? Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate and it's not something that you want to happen, you know, when you, you've signed for a club and, and you've done all your negotiations with the coach and then you get there and he's gone. But, you know, I understand this is professional sport. Uh, the guys up high, they made the, deci the decision for, for the club and that's just the way we've got to go. And, and for me, I've got to move on, I've got to play well and, and get on with the job. It's a difficult old league though, you know, and you're going to get a taste of it very soon around Christmas when you're back. Um, it's tough. The lads often say every week, it's a question to both of you, it's like a, a cup game. There are no easy games in the Aviva Premiership. Mm. Have you been told that, Kirtley? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, and you're obviously uh, looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, it's, it's, they have, you know, in the, in the Pro 12, sometimes you can rest players. You saw that at Leinster. It's not really possible in the Premiership. They're going to expect a lot of rugby out of you guys. Yeah, obviously, I think, yeah, we'll be playing week in, week out. You know, I, I didn't get rested at Leinster. I played most weeks, but I understand that it's going to be, you know, very physical over here. You can just see, you know, the rosters that everyone's building. And uh, you know the checkbook over there, Wasps. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, well, I was just saying that. So you know, so one of those banks, you know, when you get to the back and there's a slip, you pull out and send it to the bank to ask for a new checkbook. That's the stage they're at now. They're at there's basically three left in the back of the book. You've got to fill it out, put your address on, ask for a new checkbook, and wish you could start using around about Christmas. Yeah. Uh, just you know, to see the talent that's coming into the competition, uh, guys coming in their prime, like Kurtley. Uh, Matt Tamour, you know, it's exciting competition and it's great for me. I'm looking forward to going up against them. So many big stars as well. So uh, so big, a few South Africans as well. Scott Berger, great to see him over here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, I thought he had a, a fantastic start um, to, to his Saracens career. Yeah, not only have they got that, they've got a third choice scrum half, who's one of the best scrum halves in the country. Has been actually for a number of years, but has sat down quietly, worked exceptionally hard and got his... Um, just rewards at the weekend, Ben Spencer. Um, I've been hugely impressed with him. And uh, there's not many nines that can box kick off both feet and do it equally well. His all-round game is fantastic. He's fast and he supports with really good lines. Real good player for the future. And still a young lad. He seems to have been at Saracen since he was like four. Yeah, he's only young he's just, fan, he? yeah, it's so good. Um, just quickly, quickly, um, Saracens, do you see them as, as the big threat in the Premiership this season still? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, they've 
just mentioned Skulkberger, they've, they've got threats across the, across the whole park, so obviously they're playing a, a certain style that's, that's been working from over a number of years now, and it, it's obviously working, so um, yeah, definitely they'll be, they'll, be the, they'll be the team to beat this year. So we've just played one round of rugby, but this is the state of the table. It is kind of interesting though, Saracens up top, uh, points difference plus 32. No doubt they're starting as they mean to go on. Wasps in the thick of it there, and you would imagine this is the season that they're going to push and push and push and get better and better. Um, other than that, it doesn't mean a huge amount, but just have a look at it there and just do something with it, I have no idea. I'd rather talk about actually what happened on the weekend. Bristol, good to see them back. How do you think they fared, lads? Us. I thought they were very good, very exciting to see them being quite expansive, quite adventurous. I thought they controlled the game when Henson was on the field. They had the ability with two kickers with their PC there to, to move uh, their side forward, but also to add a little bit of, I don't know, disguise into their play. Hurrell in the outside centre channel looked great, and this guy can sniff out an intercept. Uh, I'd give you two a word of advice if you're passing the ball off your left hand, and that, Tom Vondell is there. Don't pass it because he reads a long pass very, very well. Probably the best in the league at doing that. And then uh, PC broke through the middle for, for what looked like a try that would carry Bristol all the way through, particularly as the heavens were opening quite heavily. Uh, but then Quinns found their way back. One try, though, was somewhat dubious, shall we say. Yeah. Yes. Should we, should, we, should we talk about that then? Actually, before we talk about the forward pass, I want to I mention very, very quickly, because you guys have done very well at the Premiership, but you're not the first million-pound signing. We hear strong, strong rumours that Manonu has, has actually signed for Bristol. Um, I mean, it's rumours at the moment, but it is quite a strong one. What are your guys' take on that? Um, 10%. <laughs> you wish. You wouldn't be here next week if you got 10% of that. Look, it's a big, you know, if it is Marnonu and, and they have signed him, it's a, it's a huge sign. Of course it is. I, I think be interesting considering how he's played at Toulon and he hasn't sort of quite found his form that he did have at New, back in New Zealand. He certainly, you know, he moved around provinces in New Zealand and, and some of the fans that are more partisan than anywhere in the world were sort of bemoaning some of his performances over there. So, um, you know, it'd be interesting to have him in the Premiership. You know, what a destructive um, uh, ball carrier. But he added so much late on in his career, his short kicking game, his passing. So if they can get the best out of him, which Toulon haven't, yeah. then uh, it'd be a great sign. It's a thing though, isn't it? And, and you're going to feel it too, lads, Kirkley, particularly in your back, that pressure to perform from the off, because the fans are so desperate to see you guys in the flesh in action. He will feel that, won't he, if he does come? <laughs> yeah, definitely, but obviously he's a world-class player. Um, he's obviously been around for a long, long time. He's, he's got a lot of experience in, in big games, and you know, if the rumour is true, you know, obviously Bristol will be a, you know, a, you know, one of the powerhouses over the next couple of years. OK, yeah. let's go back to the forward pass then, shall we? Because it's obviously been a talking point this weekend. Um, I know Richard Cockrell has spoken about it in terms of of uh, consistency or maybe lack of consistency in the way it's officiated back. It's always a massive talking point when, when we get things that everyone deems as forward. And there are some that blatantly are forward and let go. And probably the one at the weekend, perhaps, the camera angle never helps because the camera's in the middle of the pitch and it's difficult for the referees you know, to keep up with play and see that. Particularly, we're getting the impression that unless the referees think it's cast iron obvious, they're going to let things play this year. They want to open the games up. Now, that's fine as long as it's consistent throughout the season. And it's very difficult to make that consistent from referee to referee. So it'll be fine if Andy Robinson gets one or two this season that go his way and it all evens out. What won't be OK if the first forward pass that um, you know, Bristol throw and um, 
you know, we're, 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 looking, at, we're looking at a disallowed It's quite easy to work out, actually, because it's only the sum of two vectors to create whether the momentum moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> you have to take into consideration relative velocity as yeah, well. Which so, lads, how are you keeping it? Because that is dull. There is actually, there are times when the ball is thrown forward, and if you Google World Rugby through Total Rugby did a, um, a, a description of how the ball can actually end up going forward, but it's not a forward pass, it's left the hands going backwards. It's worth a watch of that video. You know, they're talking about bringing in new technology, so, you know, like a TMO, bang, it is forward pass or it's not. But then there's an argument uh, for, actually, it makes good debate in the pub afterwards, and people like having these discussions. Would you agree with that? Oh, I mean, um, I guess at, at the end of the day, you just got to, you know, leave it up to the adjudicators, obviously. Um, you, you want to be able to uh, take the risk and um, you know you just got to play the game the way it's played and uh, you know I guess just leave the, the rest of rest of it to all the um, all the viewers out there I'd actually like to see them not be able to refer those to the TMO I'd like I'd like it to be the referees decision some of the things I'm I'm a big fan of the TMO coming in and deciding on but if we're looking for less instances that referees are going to go and use the TMO I think forward pass is something that we should trust I them. think you should have two um, calls as a captain the TMO you should be able to say, I'd like to, um, what's it called in tennis, where they put the finger Refer. Up? Refer. Yeah. I'd like to refer that. And I refer you, actually, to a tweet during the game, if you don't mind. Oh, that was good. Oh. So I did that. Seamless. Seamless. It was, Seamless. yeah. But, um, James Simpson, Daniel, was obviously upset. We haven't mentioned the actual uh, mechanics of the game, but Gloucester were absolutely on fire in that first half. And James Simpson, Daniel, said, please, please, don't let me hear. We were great for 60 minutes, but last 20, we let ourselves down. Complete rubbish. I think he's probably referring to the frustration of last season, because mm. it was very similar last yeah. year, where Gloucester were on top in a lot of games, and they let themselves down in the last 20, 30, or in the second half, as we saw on Friday. But what a great start to the Viva Premiership that was as a, as a spectacle. Yeah, it was a great game, wasn't it? Did you, do, you, do you watch much rugby? Or do you, was a lot of players just have to take a break from it. Do you find yourself watching loads of rugby little tapes of it? Mm, no, I don't watch too much myself. You know, obviously, you go to training every day, have a million meetings and, and, and study tapes. So in my spare time, it'd probably be the last thing I'd be doing. But um, <laughs> that's just myself. <laughs> yeah. I think Curly studies it. Fair, fair no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Obviously, I'm, I'm quite new to the competition, so I, I enjoy watching the other teams play and obviously you know, you're sitting at home, um, you know, not doing much, so it's always good to try and see what the other teams are up to. Next up, we have to talk about it in a bit more depth, don't we? Warren Gatland, Ben, what's your, uh, what's your three-point plan? <laughs> three-point plan? Um, I think he should have a pretty good idea of his first test team before he arrives in New Zealand, and I wouldn't sort of let the players think there's a chance of getting... He's going to make mass changes depending on how they play on tour because I think you need to gel the team together. And then if he doesn't do that, he can uh, cause a bit of falling out. But he knows what he did last time. I think probably make sure it's fun. And he's, he tried to do that last time. Make sure the boys enjoy it and get that camaraderie together. And then I'd probably look at um, Dylan Hartley as captain. He's a bookie's favourite, Dylan Hartley, and uh, also it'll be interesting to see how Wales, I mean, uh, the, uh, the Lions get on on that tour down under, sir. It will indeed. Back to the Viva Premiership now as we look ahead to this weekend's round two fixtures, three of which will be live on BT Sport and BT Sport 4KUHD. What game stands out for you? 
Well, I think Tigers versus Wasps stands out. Um, obviously, Leicester had a miraculous comeback on Friday night and uh, Wasps played some good rugby, so uh, it should be a, a good old cauldron down there at Welford Road. And they're next to Saracens as well, you know. Down at Sandy Park, a, a rerun of the final for me. Um, it's going to be tough for Saracens, but we'll get a, a real indication of, of where they are without whether Owen Farrell plays or not. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a big big turning point in the season already. It's such a big moment, I think, this season for Wasps, currently, because, you know, over the years, they're playing in front of smaller crowds up on High Wycombe. Back in the day, of course, and you're probably too young to remember, they were such a huge club when Lawrence was in the thick of it. You feel like they're kind of getting back there again. Is that the sense you get when you arrived at Wasps, that you're at a really big club? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, there's... Um there's some, there's some big improvements um, in the way they've been running the show there. So, um, but I think it's really important that we, we stay balanced, we stay level-headed, um, not get too far ahead of ourselves. Obviously, um, you know, the Premiership is um, you know, it, it's a um, really competitive competition and all, all teams are going to be out firing and, and coming for you. So I think you know, if we, we take it a game by game and, uh, and just take it as it comes, that'll be a really good attitude going into the season. And a big old fixture for you guys this weekend too on Friday night against uh, Gloucester. What areas have you been concentrating on uh, this week, Ben, after the defeat of the weekend? Uh, mainly looking at our, our attack. Uh, we didn't get an opportunity to, to put it out there. What we've been working on in the pre-season, we pretty much defended the majority of that match. So uh, we're, we're looking to put that out in the park and you know, we're looking forward to playing against Costa. You know, I'm sure they'll be uh, pretty pumped up. Yeah, they will yeah. be, actually. David Humphrey's saying this week. week so. Yeah, well, it's interesting. He said, don't judge us, Matt Kvezic as well. Don't judge us on what happened in the last few moments of that game. You know, we're far better than that. So they're going to try and take it out on you guys. What are you expecting to come your way? Yeah, it's going to probably be a fiery start and they're going to come hard. So uh, there's a new surface. It's going to be a quick game. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, it's going to be full on. Lads, what, what else? That new surface, has it got coconut hair in it? Someone was telling me. <laughs> right, true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. Are you thinking of nicking it? No, but, I, mean, I, I, love, I love bounties. <laughs> <laughs> do you, what, what do you make of the, the artificial surfaces, guys? Do you like them, Curtly? I haven't really played on it. I haven't really experienced any um, playing surfaces like that, so I guess, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to it when it comes to it. But I suppose it's interesting for you guys whether or not it's going to be an advantage to have it, isn't it, you know, with other teams coming there? Or actually, is it going to be a disadvantage in terms of you guys getting used to it? Yeah, I think that's going to you know, show in the early rounds is how we, we've prepared for it. We're definitely going to have to change our game. It's going to be a quicker game, so we've got to adapt to that. And um, you know, some teams, you know, like Saracens, it's been an advantage for them, just the way they play the game. So hopefully we can use it like that. Thanks for listening to the Rugby Tonight podcast. The show will be back in two weeks' time, but make sure you subscribe to the podcast for an extended version of Lawrence Delali. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Goes interview with the England head coach Eddie Jones. 